I'm going to invite Barbara to come up, and Barbara's going to share a little bit about what she has uh, been walking through and how she's been listening to the Lord and how she's um, tried to depend on the Lord as a response and how to live that. So why don't we welcome Barbara, and uh, thank you so much, Barb, for sharing. Mm. All right, it's actually not me, it's Masman and myself, which is Louis, sitting over there. Um... Actually, I wanted to start off by... Um, actually, I will use this, I think. I wanted to jump into my middle because of the theme next week about joy because the verse that was kind of a verse for both of us in the time that we have been going through this trial was in First Peter 1. In all this, you greatly, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials and the verse starts by saying, in all this you greatly rejoice. That's kind of a weird thing to experience or to have to learn. Uh, so my name is Barbara Gagne. My husband is Louis. Uh, we've been coming to Westside for about four years and a bit. And um, we've grown with this community of believers. And really my story at large is what this church has done for us through this time of suffering. Um, some of you already know our story, but I'm going to back it up for those of you who don't. Um, we're married since over 30 years. We have four children, two daughter-in-laws, five grandchildren, and new one on the way. So we have a big family, and big families have diversity and problems and reality and all of those things. And ours does too. So um, in case uh, for a moment you think that oh, she's got it together, or oh, she's learned so much. <laughs> I don't, and I haven't, and I am learning with God, though, and he's taught us both a lot in this last year and a half. Um, in 2012, my husband retired from a business that we owned, a Rona hardware store, that my boys took over, two of our sons, and later on only one of them. And... Um, I've got to get my thoughts together. I think I better just do this without my papers. But uh, So in 2012, he retired, and we had already started to pray about how God wants us to use that new time now with him, how we're going to start a new journey with him uh, after raising kids for many, many years and hoping to be more involved in ministry, and we've done that beforehand as well. So our first trip after his retirement was to Haiti, where we uh, were about two weeks and uh, worked with two different organizations. And that uh, part of our lives is still sort of t uh, going on, and um, we're involved in different activities there. But um, as we were planning our retirement, uh, God had very different plans for that. And so things took a very dramatic different turn after, after about a year of uh, being retired. For both of us, uh, in 2012 and uh, 2013, my husband's health was already not uh, doing very well, and we took a trip to California for about a month, which was the first time really in, in our 30 years of marriage that we got away that long, and it was a great trip. Um, but at, on the last day of this uh, health program that we were both um, participating in, we got a call from home, and our oldest son was running our business, um, which was our our retirement fund, uh, had declared bankruptcy uh, without really telling us about it. <laughs> 
So it was quite a shock, it was quite a surprise. And when we came home, kind of, if I want to say it like that, all hell broke loose. So um, it started to be a very, very difficult journey from then on. Uh, we had co-signed um, financially for the business and for the debt, so we were now liable 100% for what needed to be paid. So we started a journey of selling of buildings and selling our home, which uh, the building part is done, the home part is still in process. And it was a very long, <clears throat> long and dark journey. Um, God had taught me years before that many, many things about living a simply a life, of really committing my life again to the Lord. I think for both of us I can say that. God had started that journey of just drawing us closer to him, of uh, getting real with God. I think um, it's fair to say that all of us in churches in general are looking for authenticity, for that that realness, that rawness that brings us together. And uh, one of the reasons I agreed to be up here, <laughs> I'm really nervous, is this because I want to I wanna just open that door for us to be real, to... Uh, to share our hurts and our difficulties and our struggles together so that we can suffer together. And I have learned that and I have received that in this church a lot and a lot through our journey. Uh, let me back up again. So as we uh, were whirlwinded into this uh, financial really almost disaster uh, with lawyers and lawsuits and just a really wild kind of a time, that was in 2014, when we tried to sell the building that we owned, um, and so, so on and so forth. Uh, in August of this year, my husband had a massive stroke, which changed everything again. <laughs> so, um, And that's been sort of the last three months of a very difficult time for us, both obviously for him being in the hospitals and having to endure all of the poking and the probing and all of what they do there. It has been really, really difficult. But again, in all of this, God was amazing. And the things that he taught me in the years before of drawing closer to him, of getting real with my faith, of spending more time in prayer, of really not just doing the church thing and the being involved thing and the you know, kids' ministry thing, but really just knowing Jesus at home in the everyday, um, I felt that that part was um, pulling me away from the struggles and, and shining through in a way that I couldn't have imagined that all of those moments where God asked me, are you mine, do you love me, um, was used for that time. And so um, I think, first of all, when after my husband had the stroke, obviously we were a very traditional family in that I was taking care of the home and the kids and he was taking care of the business and the finances, and I can I think I can say that I've never set a foot in the bank <laughs> in the sense that in terms of paying bills and, you know, um, learning all of that, all of a sudden I was thrown into all of that, looking at bank statements and trying to figure that out and making sense of our business statements and cor- corporal and private things. And, and it's in that really wow time that this the people of this church, many, many friends of this church came alongside me and just with their time and in their own struggles and trials, I got to get water. <laughs> Sorry. Came alongside me in a way that I really didn't think 
what's possible in this day and age of churches just going through so many different struggles and uh, difficulties. But I have never been so blessed. And it was such an incredible experience. And I think just for that, it was all worth it. <laughs> and I really mean that. It was some friendships formed and people cooking for us and people coming to rake our leaves. And I just... It was incredible beyond words. I can't even, I won't spend too much time on that because I, yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> but it was just really, I want to tell you that there was genuine love outpoured um, that I have never experienced before in both, both of us. And even now, like when people go and visit Louis and spend time with him and take him out and just give of the time and resources to just be with us and help us through this time. A verse that came to my mind all the way along through this uh, was that by your love they will see that you're my disciples. And so a verse that a lot of us know and most of us know, but it came to so real to me. And it, it was like this, everybody is watching you, right? The nurses in the hospital and the neighbors. And there were so many moments where people would comment on the fact that we were getting so much, much visit and so much support and at home, and I thought, what a beautiful opportunity for us as a church to shine. We always are looking for ministry opportunities, and they're so often right next to us, the person that sits beside you today, and, and your neighbor, and, and people that are just right there. And I think um, where this is taking me to is, is that... Um, David had asked me a couple of questions, and one of them was, has it shaken you a bit, and what, kind of, what, what did God teach you? There's a song that I listen to over and over by J.G. Heller, which, whom I love, and it says, um, I don't know what you're doing, but I know who you are. And I think for me that was uh, a lot of that time was, I have no clue what's going on. It was so dark, just there were so many things, so many events. It was almost week, weekly and sometimes it was daily where there was just another struggle and another difficulty and another complication and another this. And I just had to hang on to the fact of who Jesus is. You know, we often concentrate on our faith and do we have small faith or big faith? But I think we forget that who's the object of our faith and the object of our faith is Jesus so it's not about whether our faith is big or small but that Jesus is big and he is the one that gives us faith and he's the one that we trust in and so through this journey I think I can say honestly that in our family struggles and in these um, in all of this obviously that happened afterwards with our oldest son we haven't we hadn't seen him for almost a year and a half now. Um, it, we started having contact with him again a couple of months ago, but obviously there was a lot of difficulty there with, with what happened with the way that the bankruptcy was declared and things like that, and his siblings had difficulty with that too. So, But in all of that, I felt God often asked me, do you love me more? Do you love me more than your children? Do you love me more than your home? Do you love me more than your finances? Do you love me more then the security of your future. And, um, and I think that's kind of what he had already started in, in me. Um, and the answer to that, I think that's why we have trials. You know, we give the answer flippantly and we say, of course I love you more. Yes, yes, I'm going to sell my house. 
Yes, I'm going to live a simpler life, but when it really hits you and you really got to do it, then God shows you your heart and shows you what's really in your heart. And all of a sudden, you realize it's much more difficult than you thought it was. And I think for me, this journey has been a lot that, that God is showing me my heart, what's really in my heart. And trials really do that. When we say we want to look more like Jesus and we want to be refined and we sing these songs, we say we give are all to you just to have you. <laughs> Do we really? <laughs> and I am so grateful for the struggle because of what God has shown me in my own heart. Because I really do want to live my life for Jesus, and I really do want to give him my all. And I know that it's a process, but, but when the trials come and when they hit us like that, it's just, it's just so good to know that he's patient and that he's gracious and that he does show us who we are. And I think if I want to come back to the church part for a minute, we have a lot of younger people sitting here now. And I know, again, when I want to speak of that authenticity, of that realness, I have, well, my children are not teenagers anymore, but they are young adults in their early 30s or the end of 20s. And I know that they've been struggling with church for that very reason, for that, oh, everybody's wearing a mask, nobody's real, nobody really tells you the truth, and that kind of thing. And and I think that we need to allow God and one another to speak into our into our, our one another's life. Because as we help each other, as we come close together, as we share life together, we also become very, very raw. And not just in a financial sense, but everything is sort of laid open. And by allowing each other to speak into one another's life and to call sin, sin, to just say it the way it is, I think... I hear this phrase a lot in churches, oh, you can go to that church, they don't judge you. (laughs) We're supposed to judge and rebuke each other. We're supposed to do that in love. And I think that when we get to the point with our friends that we're able to receive that and we're able to do that, that comes out again, it comes out of a deep relationship with Jesus. It comes from drawing closer to him, really on a day-to-day kind of a thing, <laughs> where, we, where we learn from him, where we're at his feet, where we throw our, ourselves to him, where we listen to him. I mean, David had asked me to talk about what did you learn and how, did you, how does God speak into your trial, and I think it's that. It's that just that he helps me to listen to him, but he also helps me to listen to others. And I think the other, the other part, too, is... Um, that was very overwhelming for us at the very end of it. Um, um, I feel like in Hollywood when they say, wrap it up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> Not in Hollywood. Sorry. <laughs> I needed a joke. <laughs> Anyways, what was really awesome is uh, at the very end when we thought, wow, this is, um, this is not the retirement we had planned. We planned our retirement. We were all set financially. We thought this is just going to be great. We're going to serve Jesus, and we're going to we're going to go travel to Haiti, and it's going to be great. And we had all these things planned out. And Jesus goes, not so much. But then when we realize, okay, there's not really anything that we can change about this right now, and so why don't why not embrace it? Why not just kind of say, okay, God, 
I give up, I surrender. What, what is it that you want me to do? And we started to do that, both of us. There is so many beautiful things that have happened, and I can't tell them all to you, but I'm going to say to you a few. Um, already when Louis was in the hospital, and that was a really hard time for him, um, we were able to give testimony to the nurses, and just it was just many small moments, um, smaller than now, because you know, you're laying there, you're really, really sick, and you don't really have so much occasion to talk, but... We were able to give Bibles away and just different things like that. And then we realized, wow, this is our new mission field. This is like it. This is not Haiti, but it's, this is where God has put us. And so let's just really make the best of it and, and not waste that time. We cannot just go, okay, God, you know, like uh, it's been really long. And so when is this going to be done? And then when we started doing that together, God started using Louis in such a huge way home that he's now, he did rehab. And actually, uh, at rehab, an amazing, amazing thing happened. A, a student was assigned to him that was uh, half Iranian and half something Romanian, I think, or Polish, or I can't remember. But anyways, um, he comes from a very diverse family. And he started, he was assigned to Louis as a student, so he spent a lot of time with Louis. They would take walks together, and they would just spend a lot of time together. And he was just hammering Louis with questions about his faith. And then when Louis transferred, he wasn't there that week, and we kind of lost him, and we didn't have his address. And just on Friday, uh, he had somehow found Louis in this new residence where he's in now, and le- left his name and his message and said, I really want to keep in contact with Louis. Where's Louis? <laughs> and so it's such a neat thing that happened. And almost daily, Louis has the opportunity to talk to nurses. Last night, it was a new nurse that gave him his medication. She started, there's verses on Louis' wall with posters, and she saw that, and she gave testimony of an occult experience that she had, and Louis was able to talk to her and pray with her, and she just left, and she says, oh, you should be a pastor, so, (laughs) and she was so thankful for just that little chat they had, and and he's starting to read the Bible with the residents that are in his home, and just so many just unbelievable, unbelievable things. And as we have this prayer focus, I want to tell you really what the focus in all of this for us was really answered prayer. I really can't, I can't tell you that enough. Um, you know, sometimes when we pray even just a little bit like this morning, and we feel like, well, what's that going to do? Like I'm praying for Somalia, and like really? And really, I, I want you to just... Find your heart for prayer. I really want to just leave that if you get nothing else this morning. We've had so many answered prayers, and so many of you have been praying for us, and it was so evident to us, even just by the peace we had and by the way that God was teaching us in our hearts. That was not, it doesn't just happen. That's really God that does that, that you can take a really difficult situation like that and how he teaches you and how he turns it around for good, it's, that's from heaven, that's from God. And so if you take nothing else away, just the answer prayer that we've had uh, throughout this whole year and a half, I know it's not a story that's finished, and there's still struggles and lots of different things, but I want to share with you today, this afternoon, um, is the first time in a year and a half that my family is going to be together again. 